Awesome. Good job. Man, you guys are singing so good. You're on fire. How are you doing? Why don't you give your neighbor a high five and say, you are a great caroler. You are a great caroler. And you can grab your seat together. Just grab your seat if you've got one there. So good to be together here tonight. Why don't we put our hands together for all of our musicians and our singers and our carolers and our all these guys have done a phenomenal job. It's so great to be together. If you are here and it's your very first time in this building or with us, or maybe you're back because you came to a, a Christmas service or an Easter service or another special occasion, welcome. We're delighted that you're here. Really hope that you're enjoying the atmosphere tonight, uh, that the smell of wood fire pizza is just uh, lighting your fire in this room here. And the smoke machine is doing that as well. I want to welcome those who are watching online tonight via Facebook Live. It's great to have you with us. It's great to have you with us. Hey, uh, all these carols have been uh, written over the years and come from lots of different reasons. And, and uh, there's one of them that uh, Silent Night, which we sang a little earlier, my wife found this little, this little photo uh, which tells us the reason, the real reason of Silent Night. I wonder if we could put up uh, this little cartoon slot for us right now. That would be fantastic. This is the one. This is Joseph. How many times do I have to say, I'm sorry, I forgot to make reservations at the inn, okay? It's the real reason it was a silent night. We all know that that's quite possibly true. I asked Danielle, uh, that she would say uh, about a moment like that, you had one job, Joseph. You had one job and you missed your moment. And I asked Danielle, have I ever had any moments like that? And she said, I'm really trying to forget them. But now that you mention it, and uh, she reminded me of a moment uh, when we were pretty early married back in the days where there was no what ifs or no online booking but you looked at the yellow pages and I found I know they, they were a thing Josh back in the day and I, we went to Sydney on our first trip as a newly married we went to Sydney and I found this hotel on the yellow pages it looked awesome we met in the middle when we got there it was in the middle of this uh, crime infested sort of zone it was chained up the doors on the outside you couldn't get inside we got into the room and literally you could touch the walls as you stood in the room and it was cheap but it was it was a, you had one job it just reminded me of that particular moment hey uh, tonight we're talking about Christmas we're talking about the reason for Christmas and I want to just uh, hone in on one little part of the Christmas story and we're going to bounce out of it and it's recorded in the gospel of Matthew uh, Matthew chapter 2 there were four gospel writers who all recorded their um, their view or their recollection of the Jesus story uh, from their eyewitness account Matthew Mark Luke and John and this one's from Matthew and he says after this interview the wise men went their way they talked to King Herod and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were filled with joy they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They asked a whole lot of kids about the gifts that Jesus received, and, and all, all of them, one of them said, I think he would have preferred a Lego set, kind of a weird gifts going on. Another kid, uh, Jay, age five, said, they should have given him a wrestling set. Not sure about this gold, frankincense, and myrrh business. Uh, obviously, hopefully, after the wise men came, the three wise women came and bought the real things like casserole dish and nappies 
and a little inflatable ring for Mary to ride on the donkey back home. Uh, some, something like that. Practical gifts. Maybe that's, I'm not sure. That's what the wise women would have given. Am I right? Girls, help me out here. But the wise men, the wise men or the Magi or the kings from the east. And it was traditional when a king was born that, that the Magi would travel across the continents and they would bring significant gifts. And these gifts in this particular occasion of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, they had a prophetic meaning. There was, some, there, was, there was significance behind each of them. There would have been more gifts. The Bible said there were treasures. They were loaded up. But gold, frankincense, and myrrh, let's think about what they represent. These were gifts that, that had meaning. The first one was the gift of gold. Gold was the gift that was given to kings. Gold was a gift that you brought and you brought it before kings and it was representative of Jesus' kingship. The wise men said that we've come to worship the newborn king of the Jews. When Jesus first began to preach, he said, repent because the kingdom of God is here. I'm bringing a kingdom into this world. Ultimately, and he, he did a lot of things in the name of this kingdom. Ultimately, when he was crucified and he stood before Pontius Pilate and he was accused of all of these false things, uh, Pilate asked him this question, are you indeed the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. It's of another world. And ultimately, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, this sign was written over his head. He is the king of the Jews. You see, Jesus came to introduce the kingdom of heaven to earth. And to understand what that really means, you've got to understand that we live in a three-dimensional world. Now, uh, some of you will relate to this. I grew up in Victoria. I grew up playing AFL. Uh, my, my team is, is Carlton. I believe in miracles. I'm a, I'm a follower of God, and I believe that He still works miracles even today. Okay, and, I, and then I, when I was 13, I moved to Toowoomba. And I, after a while, I played rugby league in Toowoomba for many years. Then I moved back to Victoria, played AFL, and I moved to the coast, and I played league. And often I'll talk on the coast. There's lots of leagues and I'll talk to them and, and say, oh, AFL is such a great game. And they'll say, well, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. What's, what's this aerial ping pong or whatever people call it? Uh, the men in the tight shorts, etc., etc. The girls like it more than the guys, apparently. Anyway, what, what, what's that all about? And I said, well, here's the thing. Uh, rugby league, it, 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 it's kind of played one way, but, but AFL, you've got to go to a game. You've got to go and experience it because there's a three-dimensional game. There's things happening all over the field. Uh, it's, it's width, uh, it's length, it's width, and it's height. There's all these dimensions. To really understand it, you've got to go there and visit it, and you'll get the sense of the three-dimensional uh, game that it is. And bit by bit, I'm winning people over one person at a time, one at a time. But here's the thing. You and I live in a three-dimensional world. We live in a world that's physical, our five senses. We have our, our touch, our taste, our sight, our smell, our healing. That's the, the physical world that's all obvious to those of us in this room as we look around this room. Then there's the, the world of our soul. That's our emotions. That's where love comes from. That's, that's, that's our thoughts, our mind. That's our, our will, our decisions that we make that comes out of our soul. That's, that's another dimension that we're all very aware of and in touch with. But then there's a third dimensional, and that third dimension is the spiritual dimension. The spiritual dimension is as real as the physical dimension. You just can't see it. You can sense it, but you can't see it. And I know you've sensed it because I'm sure you've, you've been in a place at somewhere along the line and you said, I felt an evil presence 
in that room. Maybe you've walked into a room after someone's had an argument and you can feel something in the atmosphere. That, that's spiritual. Maybe you've had a nightmare or a night terror and you woke up uh, uh, afraid. That's because there's a spiritual dimension has come into your subconscious while you're sleeping. Uh, maybe, maybe you've just had an overwhelming or unexplainable sense of fear at a particular moment to the point of giving you goosebumps. It affects you physically. That's because the spiritual realm is real. Maybe you've been bombarded with dark or hateful thoughts, or maybe even in this room, thoughts that your life is not worth living. Those thoughts aren't just you. They're coming from something of the dark side of the spiritual world. All you've got to do is turn on the TV and see the hatred, the murder, the, the, the pure evil that happens that people get caught up in. And you've got to realize, and we would say it like this, that's inhumane what they did. That's inhumane. It's not human. And that's because behind it is a dark and evil force causing murder, causing hatred, causing evil, causing greed, causing people to overwhelm one another and destroy this world. That's the spiritual dimension. So when Jesus Christ came, he came to, be, to bring a kingdom from heaven. He came to bring a kingdom to combat that darkness that was in the world, that was destroying relationships, destroying people's emotional world, destroying their physical bodies. And this little baby who was born in a manger was given gold because it was an announcement that the king of heaven had come and he came to declare the kingdom of heaven, God's rule. He came to bring judgment on the devil. He came to bring judgment on the evil things. One person at a time, he healed sick people. He opened blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He cast out spirits that were tormenting and causing anxiety and fear and depression and suicidal thoughts in people. He came with a ferocious combating of the kingdom of darkness because he was announcing his kingdom of heaven. Gold represented Jesus Christ. He began a revolution. He came with a ferocious battle. He wasn't just meek and mild Jesus. He came to overcome an evil presence that's in the world, that gets in the heart of human beings. He came to say, I'm going to turn that upside down and bring hope and life and love and light into people's worlds. He came as a king. He came as a king. And you've experienced that. You know, there are moments and you come to church. If you come to a church that's alive and there are thousands of churches, millions of churches that are alive around the world, maybe tonight you've felt a sense of God's love and presence, that spiritual third dimension as we've sung carols. And you're thinking, there's a, there's a, there's a great feeling in this room. What's that feeling? And it's not, I want to tell you, it's not hype. It's not adrenaline. There's a, there's a love and a peace as, as we've sung. And here's the thing, whenever you sing about the King of Kings, whenever we bring glory to Jesus Christ, then the presence of God comes in and the presence of God brings hope to those who are hopeless. He brings peace to those who are in turmoil. God's Holy Spirit comes and brings love to those who fear, are in fear and, and in a dark place. And I've found when people begin to come to church, as that presence of that, the third realm, the spirit realm begins to touch people, not, not, not just a thing, but God himself begins to touch people. I've watched people weep. I, I, and I've watched non-weepers weep. I don't cry, but I started to cry. When I, what is that? That's because God's presence is beginning to touch people's hearts. His love is beginning to come into the, the broken places of our heart. 
and bring healing. Tears is just pain leaving the body. Tears is just God coming to bring healing and, and get the pain out of our heart and all the, the heartache and the pain, the things we've experienced and some of the things we've pushed down and try and ignore, but they're still there. And tears come when God, the God of love, Jesus Christ, begins to touch people. He's the king and he came to announce a kingdom, a great kingdom of love, peace, and joy. And he wants that kingdom. He said to Pilate, it's not a political kingdom not a kingdom of this world it's not an economic kingdom it's a spiritual kingdom and he wants that kingdom to come into our hearts a one by one to bring us into the kingdom of God to give us citizenship of heaven so that we can experience heaven on earth and one day get access to heaven because we've been born again into that kingdom he came to bring a kingdom of heaven that was the goal the next gift was frankincense now as a kid you probably thought it was frankenstein you're like, why did they bring Frankenstein to Jesus? No, it wasn't Frankenstein, it was frankincense. Incense. Incense is what the priests of the Old Testament would bring and use in bringing an offering. They'd bring incense. They, they would, they, they would, uh, it, was, it came from um, trees and they, they'd bring it in and, and it would, they'd light it up and it would bring a, a, a smoke and an aroma. And the priests would use that as they would come into the temple as, a, as an act of worship. And this incense, they gave Jesus frankincense. I've got a brother called Frank. That's got nothing to do with my message. I don't know why I told you that, but it's just, I just thought I'd tell you. I've got a brother called Frank, and he smells good every now and then. Anyway, doesn't matter. They gave Jesus frankincense because he was to become the ultimate high priest. You see, the high priest was the role of one person in all of the tribe of Israel who once a year would represent all of the, this people of God who weren't holy or pure enough to come into relationship with God, they'd all sinned and fallen short. They made sacrifices and it was the high priest's job with frankincense to bring sacrifices to God that blood would be shed to cover the sins of the people and once a year on the day of atonement with frankincense he'd bring this, ac this access into the holy of holies as a go-between God's people and God himself. He was a mediator. That's what the high priest role is. And you and I, God rec recognized that we needed a mediator. We needed someone who would go between us and God. God loves us so much. He loves us incredibly, but he didn't know that, that what it was like to be a human being. I've, uh, uh, this church has got hundreds of children in, in three different nations, Thailand, Uganda, and Brazil, sponsored through a program called Compassion. And I visited our Compassion children in uh, the ones that we personally sponsor in Thailand and Uganda. And when I've visited them, I've gone in and I've seen the poverty and I've seen the pain and I've seen the, the difficulties that they live under and it, and it touches your heart so deeply. And then I'll come back and I'll try and explain it to people, but I just visited I can't fully capture what it's like to grow up in poverty. I couldn't fully capture what it's like to, to not know where your next meal is coming from. But last year we had a lady come from Africa. Her name was Jennifer. And she grew up in that kind of poverty, not knowing where her food was coming from, uh, ignored and, and broken with no hope of the future. And she was sponsored as a compassion child. And as she stood here and told us about her life as a compassion child, it resonated in everybody's hearts way more than me who visited because she was one of them. 
And God realized that we needed someone in heaven who wasn't just a visitor, who didn't just drop onto the planet for a few days to sense what it was like. He said, I love these people so much, I'm gonna send my son to become one of them. I'm gonna let him be born of a virgin Mary. He'll be fully man and he'll be fully God. And one day he'll live the life and experience all that they experience. And one day he'll sit at my right hand. And when they pray, he'll say, that's hard. We got to help them. I know what that feels like. That's difficult. We got to help them. He's the mediator, the high priest, the one who comes between the God of heaven and every human being who's ever walked in flesh on planet earth. Jesus is our high priest. He's our mediator. The Bible says it like this in Hebrews. It says that we have a great high priest who has entered heaven. Jesus, that little baby, he became the high priest of all humanity, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours, he understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he didn't sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We've got an intercessor. We've got a high priest. We've got a go-between in heaven. His name is Jesus. He's been through everything that you and I could possibly be through and he understands. If you've ever been lonely, we've got a high priest. His name's Jesus. He knows what it means. If you've ever been falsely accused, We've got a high priest who knows what it means. If you've ever been betrayed by one of your closest friends, we've got someone in heaven who knows what that's like. If you've ever been misunderstood by people you were trying to help and actually criticized and mocked, Jesus knows what that's like. If you've ever been abused, tortured, or mistreated, Jesus Christ knows what that's like. If you've ever felt like God turned his back on you in your darkest hour, Jesus knows what that means we've got someone in heaven the go-between the son of man and the son of god that's what the frankincense was all about that we could have a relationship with god here's the great news you don't need a priest on earth to be the go-between in your relationship with you and god you got one in heaven his name's Jesus. You can come before God and pray in the name of Jesus and you have direct access. Now you need, you need priests or pastors to help and to coach you, but it's all about that direct connection that God created you for. In a few moments, we're going to have the opportunity for you to pray a prayer in the name of Jesus, beginning the relationship that you're created for to become a Christian tonight. That was gold. That was frankincense. And as the third wise man said, but wait, there's myrrh. Now, come on, that's not too bad. But wait, there's myrrh. There's myrrh. Okay, dad jokes are my specialty. Now, this is the most weirdest of all the gifts. Myrrh was the embalming ointment that you use for someone's burial to mummify them. This would be like rocking up at Kiwana Hospital with a funeral voucher beautiful little baby hey just put this aside for the future really it's weird when mary saw they bought myrrh she's got to be like what the freak is going on here but here's the thing he wasn't just born to be a king he wasn't just born to be our high priest our mediator 
the actual ultimate purpose of the, the birth of Jesus Christ from the very day he was conceived was he was born with one purpose in mind, that one day he would ultimately give his life the ultimate of all sacrificial gifts, the love of God. If someone ever says, does God really, really love me? I've got all this bad stuff going on. You've just got to understand that he took his son, that he let him leave heaven, that he let him go and become one of us. And that the ultimate purpose of his coming to this earth was to die on a cross for the sin of the world so that we could be forgiven. You can't find any greater love than someone giving their own son. The reason he did it was ultimately that all of us are spiritually bankrupt. The Bible says we've all, fallen, we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. God didn't design you and I to live out of relationship with him. He designed us for relationship. He designed us to live with him. But the problem is sin, which is the simple word of, of I, the, the, the middle letter of, of sin is I, that's me doing things my way, where I'm proud, where I'm, where I'm self-serving, where I'm critical, where, where it's all about me and I ignore God. Sin ultimately keeps me separated from God. And there are consequences for sin. And God being a just God knew that we needed to face the consequences. So he let his son come and die in our place so that anyone who believes in Christ can be forgiven of whatever it is that we've done. It's the ultimate gift of Christmas. The Bible says it like this, 1 Peter 3 verse 18. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring us safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but was raised to life in the Spirit. The Bible says that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the reason Jesus came. He came to bring a kingdom that would over, overthrow the kingdom of darkness. He came to be a high priest so that we could have a relationship with God, a mediator, a go-between. And He came to be our Savior. He came to die in our place so we don't have to. And that is the ultimate, ultimate gift of love. I would love to pray for us here tonight. It's my prayer that we wouldn't just know about the Christmas story, but the message of Jesus Christ and His love and God's love for us would resonate spiritually in our hearts tonight. And maybe if you're here tonight and you've never, you've never actually said, I need forgiveness of my sin. If you've never asked God into your life, I would love to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. Simple prayer. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just to close our eyes right across this place. And I'm going to pray first. Father, I thank you for the incredible gift of Jesus who we're singing about tonight. Unfathomable love. Relentless love that you have for every person in this room. Come Holy Spirit right now. Let us take ownership of our lives. Let us come into that relationship that we were created for. While your eyes are closed, this is what I'm going to do. And we do this in every service. We're going to take a few moments right now to consider spiritually where we're up to. You might be in this place tonight and you've got no church background at all. You've never heard much about God. But tonight I'm telling you that you will never be fully satisfied until you come into the relationship with God that you were created for. And in a moment, I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer that we're all going to pray together, inviting God into your heart 
receiving the forgiveness that Jesus Christ has offered. And in a moment, if you're wanting to do that, if it's the first time, I'm going to ask you just while eyes are closed to raise your hand. And I'll say, I see your hand, and then I'll get you to put it down. And then in a few moments in our seat, we're all going to pray a prayer together. Maybe you, you, you have had some kind of connection with God in the past. Maybe you went to a Christian school or a religious school. Maybe you grew up going to church, Sunday school or a youth group. Maybe you went to church at some point. But if you're honest with yourself tonight, and I ask you this question, is Jesus the center of your life? Are you walking in the relationship with Him that you were created for? And if you're honest with yourself and you say, no, actually, John, I believe in God, but I'm not walking with God. He's not the sinner. He's not my Savior. And tonight, you know in your heart you need to come back to God. In a moment, I'm going to ask you, if that's you, to also raise your hand and to pray this prayer saying, John, I want to come back to Christ tonight. The third person who might be here tonight, maybe you're just not sure if you are a Christian. Maybe you're not sure if when you die, your name's written in the book of life. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And you'd like to be confident in your heart that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. I'd also love you to raise your hand in just a few moments if you're not sure. You see, you don't get to heaven because you're a good person. You don't get to heaven even because you believe in God. You get to heaven because you've received Christ. And when you receive Christ, an assurance comes into your heart. A peace comes into your heart and a confidence. So right across this room, you're created for a relationship with God. And if you want to take that step towards Him tonight, you want to come back to Him or you want to be sure you're going to heaven, right now, would you just raise your hand up and say, John, that's me tonight. I want God to come into my life. Wherever you are, thank you so much. I see your hand. Can you just raise it up real high and say, that's me as well. Thank you so much, man. I see your hand. Who else tonight? You're saying, that's me. Right down the back there, champ. I see your hand as well. Fantastic. Those who put your hand up, you can put it down. Who else? Thank you, sweetheart. Right down there, I see your hand. Who else right now? You're saying, yeah, tonight on this Christmas carol service, I want to make that connection with God that you're talking about there's something missing in my life I'm not talking about just trying to be a good person I'm talking about a supernatural connection with the God who created you who loves you and who wants to come into your heart and tonight's your night to surrender to him to allow him to come and bring the change that you're hoping for I have the feeling in this room that there's some people you're in a dark place you're in an overwhelming place and you know you need help and you need a way out of the place that you found yourself and tonight I promise you if you'll take a step towards God he will come into your heart and he will change things everything doesn't become perfect in a moment he just changes things from the inside out again right across this room if you haven't put your hand up yet and you're saying John I want to get right with God would you raise your hand as well and join these ones who've already raised their hands would you put your hand up and say that's me as well that's me. I want God. I need God in, in my life. Some of you right now, your heart's pounding, a little bit like Jai, who we heard from earlier. Something's going off in your heart. You, you can sense spiritually there's something real in this place and something's missing in your heart. And tonight, God's love is knocking on the door of your heart. We're going to pray in a few moments, but I want to give you this chance. I know there's at least two or three more people, and tonight's your night to get right with God. Don't miss it. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. This is your moment to get right with God. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, John, I need that relationship with God you're talking about. I want to connect with Him. Just raise it up real high, and I'll just say, I see your hand wherever you are. Raise it up real high. Thanks, man. See your hand. That's awesome. Who else?
Who else? Is there two more people? You're saying, that's me as well. Raise your hand up. You want to surrender to God. You want to connect with Him wherever you are. Just take the courage for this moment, right? I'm waiting for you. Whoever you are, however old, don't worry about what people think, whether you're young, whether you're old, you're never too old to connect with God. It's never too late to take the step that you need to take. Looking across the room one more time, and if that's you, Christians are praying for you right now because they know how powerful this decision will be. Thank you so much. I see your hand as well. Thank you so much. I see your hand as well. So good. All right, this is what we're going to do together. While our eyes are closed, those of you who raised your hand, you're saying, I want that relationship with God. I want to connect with God. And all of us are going to pray together. I'm going to say the words I want you to pray after me. Say this after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me so much. That you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sin in my place. I'm sorry for living my way. I'm turning to you today to follow you with all my heart. I renounce the devil and all his works. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you tonight. Because of Jesus, I am forgiven. I am born again and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for all those making that decision to get right with God. Fantastic such a great moment.